0: Yay. Hello.
1: Hey Sarah? Hey. Like wow, Sarah, you sound so manly.
0: How how long are we doing this? Um like a half hour.
1: Okay, so what? I, no, I mean 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: of you by
0: the way by the way what it's
2: good to see oh
0: okay Okay. (laughs) i thought you was
1: good to see you too it's good to see you too by the way (laughs) 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 listen she's probably high right now she's in denver she's in denver
2: i've smoked a lot of doobies tonight
1: (laughs) you do live off of south broadway so
2: Actually, I went to a Bible study with John O'Brien tonight that has been so good for me. So I feel like I'm in a good place to be talking about whatever you want me to talk about. So it was good? Yeah, it was awesome.
1: (laughs) Can you see my face right now?
2: (laughs) Yeah, but I can also see Gomer's thing. Gomer, are, is that in your house? <laughs> By That's...
1: thing, she does not mean it's penis, everyone. She just means he just turned on a light in his room. <laughs> yeah, no,
2: there's a whiteboard that says Sarah Nicole is a pothead.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is my house. This is my I...
0: this is my sweet food. catching foxes studio. That is
2: awesome. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I had a I had a fifty people over my house last night for a um, uh, a potluck dinner thing, and uh, I I cleaned my office and reorganized it, which means hid all the papers that usually are just scattered around. And uh, someone goes, hey, what's in there? And I go, that's where all the magic happens. No, not my (laughs) bedroom. There's no
1: magic there. This is the Catching
0: Foxes studio.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But by the way, I'm just trying to think, how many times have I passed out on your bed, Sarah? Mine? Yeah.
2: Oh, gosh. I don't know.
1: At least three or four.
2: Yeah, there are times I don't. Like to
1: recall what, what? Why context are you... is needed.
0: Yes, I was about to say, why were you passing out uh, on our bed? No,
1: I wasn't actually passing on, yeah. on our bed, but I, w- I would use the bathroom. going to. So, I would, uh, so when I was in Colorado, we would hang over at call recorder and not continue recording. The Mac is not running fast. Okay, hey, we're gonna have to uh, the video. Hey, uh, turn um, off your video. Sarah, you do it by, uh, there's a little blue icon that has a camera on it on Skype. You see it?
2: Yep. Got it. There,
1: there we go. go. Perfect. Hey, guys, go. I'm
2: learning so much about computers tonight.
1: Stevie, <laughs> you're a grown woman. <laughs> um, I'm
2: coming before your very eyes.
1: So, <laughs> so anyways, uh, so we would be over at uh, her place a lot, like pretty much 80, 80, percent of the time and so everyone would always go in you know we would like go inside to go and use the restroom but I knew that uh she had one in her bedroom so I would always go and use your bathroom Sarah every time
2: Austin calls it the VIP bathroom
1: (laughs) the VIP bathroom yeah that's great so um hi Sarah how are you
2: great thanks
1: Welcome to our po- our podcast. It's good It's good to be able to talk to you.
2: Yeah, I'm so excited to be here.
1: How are things?
2: Great. Denver's great. It's a little rainy right now, but um, overall, things are going great.
1: Okay, two quick questions. One, does Denver miss me? And two, did you decide to date the guy who is... Oh. Whichever order. You- <laughs> we can edit that out.
2: Oh, please. No, I did not decide to date him. Why? Uh, because Luke he's... what's the cussing policy on this podcast? Oh whatever you want all,
1: all the, the time. time. Do you even listen? Okay,
2: number one. Number two he's now but he's a weirdo, okay? Please edit that out in case anyone I know. Anyway, um, Luke, of course, Denver misses you always. Oh. Every place that you've ever lived and contributed to their social circle, they miss you when you leave. I know. Yeah.
1: I, re- I miss everyone a lot.
2: Yeah, because you offer a lot of stories for this area.
1: I mean. <laughs> all of the cooking competitions are just dumb <laughs> now.
2: But at least so. my mother still listens to your podcast and he'll tell me about it all the time.
1: So. Good, good. So I thought it'd be fun to have you on when you texted me because, one, you're just a really cool girl. And, two, um, I thought it'd be kind of cool just to talk to you about uh, your work with kids who have autism. Oh, I cool, think that's yeah. pretty pretty cool. And just any sort of, like, insights you have onto being you. <laughs>
2: okay. So there's
1: no real, like agenda here because I'm sure you all will listen all all the time. We just like to have good chats.
2: Yep. Okay. I've I would like to make a confession before we start. I have never listened to your podcast.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh uh, Sarah. Uh, uh, Sarah, you're one I of am the I
2: a, a catch what's this called? Catching boxes?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh <laughs> as there if is. you don't know.
1: You know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It was brought up at my wedding during the re, uh, during the uh, reception.
2: Luke, you the that, best man. You, you know what I was doing at your wedding? Drinking a lot of gin and tonics and dancing my butt off.
1: That wasn't that a fun wedding?
2: Yeah, it was so fun. I really had all, but Luke, you don't even know half of the fun because most of the fun was at the after party. It was. I
1: know. So fun. I after, know.
2: Yeah, but you were having your own kind of fun. I'm sure.
1: Yes, I do enjoy sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> we took frequent catnaps. <laughs> as honeymooners do. Yeah, and then yeah, then the after party, sorry. Okay, so there was the after party, and then the after after party, which was the next day, was at your place. Yeah, I was, there, I was there for that.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, did you, because Gomer, you slept at my brother's house, right? You guys, yes, you, yeah, um, yeah,
0: yeah. I and mean, I, that and, so I, and i had to deal with that tratty guy. Uh. <laughs> he goes, he goes, he said some like smart ass comment. And he goes, "Well, you know, I'm a traddy." And i i just looked at him and i was like, "My condolences." <laughs> and he look, he's like, "Well, you know, the Latin mass." And i was like, "Let me stop you right there and walk <laughs> away." Which is <laughs> so not like me, except now it is me about that stuff. So. <laughs> I'm self-identified as a tradie. Oh, I'm still in transition. I just, I just can't. I can't.
1: I can't transition. That's awesome. So, um, okay, (laughs) let's get to more, um, more important things. Are you going Um,
0: to see Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie?
1: (laughs) Oh,
2: I don't even know what that is. Oh, Sarah,
0: why are you alive? How has the Lord let you live this long? Not listening to catching foxes.
2: I don't know because I don't listen to the foxes podcast, and I also don't know... I mean, I know what the Power Rangers are, but I don't know what this new Power Rangers... No!
1: Is. Hold on a second. We had a whole conversation at Hanson's about how you were like, why do you keep talking about your ex-girlfriends on the podcast? Uh, because
2: Max told me that you were. Uh, and I, no. just, I feel like I've heard multiple reports of you talking about ex-girlfriends. That's on not show.
1: true. You have not heard multiple reports.
2: But I would also like to talk about how at Hanson's, Luke said... I mean, do you know how big of a deal I am? <laughs> no, I was kidding. <laughs> no, you are not kidding. Me. I was kidding. And every- <laughs> I told everyone that night. And then you go, stop telling people that I think I'm a big deal. And I go, but you said you think you're a big deal. And you go, it's not that I think I'm a big deal. I am a big deal. <laughs>
0: Clue, clue, clue. I
1: wasn't being serious. The it's Napoleon Sarah.
0: of Notting Hill. That's what we are.
2: <laughs> Andy said to make sure that you press record this time.
1: Got Why it. Why did I hit? <laughs> did you
2: accidentally not press record
1: sometime? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. All I know is that I'm Mr. Family. Okay, so um Back to this. Yeah. So, like, what do you do? Like, like, what is your? Like, can you tell everyone what? Hey, you while you're are talking, talking, I'm going to go grab a glass of wine real
0: quick. Continue.
2: <laughs> um. So I work with kids who have autism, mostly between the ages of three and fifteen, I guess.
1: So, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: Okay. So my education is in developmental psychology and then also in behavior analysis. So basically I look at the reasons why people engage in specific behaviors. And then I try to either get them to engage in behaviors more often or less often. So for kids, like, um, some kids I have engage in maybe aggression where they like hit their parents or hit themselves or hit me or something like that. And so I try to figure out why they're doing it and then give them another way they can express whatever they're trying to express by hitting in a more appropriate way. So I do that with all of my kids. Um, It's sort of a new science in the psychology field. Um, And I've been doing it for like 10 years. So
1: I don't know. You have your your master's.
2: Yeah, my master's is in development. That's what I thought. Yeah.
1: Okay, and I think that's the most a uh, professional thing I've ever heard you say. So, good job. Thanks. You were very articulate. Yeah, um, I, I do. I so,
2: mean, work side of me, Luke, a job
1: side. <laughs> I don't believe it. Um, <laughs> uh, so okay, so we we've, we've been buddies since what, like two thousand and four.
2: Yeah, I guess so. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so I don't think, and I'd like to say we did go on Odd Date even though you don't um, remember it. Anyways, that's neither here nor there.
2: Yeah, neither here nor there,
1: you're right. It's <laughs> not funny know. if you don't play along with it, Sarah.
2: <laughs>
1: okay, yeah. <laughs> now you just make me sound sad. Yeah, I know. That's my fault. <laughs> okay, so how did you, um, like, how did you get involved in that? Like, like, cause I don't, I don't, I honestly, I'm a horrible friend. I don't even, or I do remember you being in one of my education classes, but, uh, I don't think, I don't think we were friends yet.
2: Yeah, we weren't. Yeah. I thought you were weird. Oh, um, I don't know. I just did. I thought you were kind of weird.
1: Or you thought I was actually, weird?
2: this is what I thought. I thought you were in that class just to get like hook up with chicks. I really no, remember. You that. thought that? Yes. Like I'm like, who is this guy? Not, <laughs> not
1: too far from true. <laughs> yeah, I know. You thought I was in there to hook up with girls. Yes. Sarah. Know. You know I had no self-confidence at that point in time. Yeah, Which is but- why you would
0: try something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You certainly weren't there for the education. <laughs> <laughs> A swing.
2: <laughs> um, well, so I got into it because when I I went to Franciscan and I was a junior, I guess, and or maybe a senior. And I had to do an internship. And I was, like, trying to figure out an internship. And I was in school to do, like, mental health. I thought I wanted to do some some type of counseling. And, I like, all the internships were not appealing to me. Like, I kept thinking, like, I don't want to do an internship where I have to listen to people's problems. And I remember my advisor saying, like, but that's your major. Like, you're going to have... <laughs> Oh crap, I don't know what to do. Anyway, so then one of my friends from college was doing um, this sort of an internship where he worked with a little boy who had autism. And he's like, hey, do you want to take this over for me? It pays $10 an hour. And I was like, in, I'll do it.
1: And <laughs> an hour was- or a day? So
0: much- wow.
2: An hour. No, an hour. I made so much money that semester.
1: In, I mean, in Steubenville, that's that's like a job that pays you 45000 a year <laughs> everywhere right? else. In, in Steubenville, <laughs> that's a house payment.
2: Yeah, it was like <laughs> the best. So I started working with this little boy. Actually, he lived in West Virginia. He lived in Weirton. Um, and I went there like four times a week for like three hours after school. And he was so cute. I loved him. And I had so many great stories about him. He was like learning how to go poop in the potty. And he would say, like, raise his hand while I was working with him and say, can I poop, please? Can I poop, please? (laughs) So then I like, and I never thought I would want to work with kids with special needs, but he was so great. And I had so much fun. And I learned a lot about like child development and like how to teach kids that don't learn like typically developing kids. And so then I just like started going to school to get my master's and I got a job with the lady who supervised me at that kid's house and that the rest is history. I'm still doing the same thing a million years later.
1: That's cool. So like what's your favorite part of your job?
2: Um gosh, I don't know. I guess I love I do. love So I worked in a center-based program for probably since I moved to Colorado so for the past four years. Um, And it is a lot of just like, it's almost like a a preschool setting, it seems like, but it felt a little bit disconnected from the family. And so now for the past, like maybe six months, I've been back in the homes doing just like based services. And -hmm. I really love seeing a mom a little less stressed out than she was three months ago. You know, like it's rewarding Mm -hmm. to me to see a mom that's like, oh, now I can drop my kid off at school and it's not as bad as it was, you know, a couple months ago. Or now I wake up and I'm not dreading the day like I was a few months ago. And so it's just like making meaningful change in their family and in the center based program, it's a little bit more like we teach the kids, you know, they're, we're definitely catching them up academically and making sure that they're ready for kindergarten or first grade or whatever. But when I'm in the home, it feels a lot more like I'm just helping them be a more, um, a better participant in their environment. You know, like the mom is, oh, I can like wake up and have my coffee and I don't have to worry about my kids screaming for 45 minutes or, my kid is like learning the the routine of like getting ready for school and now they know how to put their shoes on by themselves or something like that. Like the home feels a little bit more meaningful to their life than the center does. So that's my favorite part is working with the parents. And that's the most frustrating part also, but it's also the best part.
0: Why is it frustrating?
2: I think because sometimes like I ask parents to do things that are going to be a little bit hard. So what I do is I kind of like look at the behavior and I see like, okay, every time um, you ask this kid to brush his teeth, he scream. And then you say, I don't, you don't have to brush your teeth. It's okay. So then my assessment of that is that they scream so that they can get out of something that they don't want to do. So then what I have to tell parents is like, so we can't let them out of that. So they're going to have to brush their teeth, whether or not they scream So then it gets a little bit worse before it gets better. And I think that sometimes that's hard for parents because they just want to do whatever they can to like get a little bit of peace. And Mm -hmm. I am at a disadvantage because I'm not a parent. And so I don't know how, I can't like, I can try to like empathize with them, but I don't have that experience. And so sometimes I feel like parents are like, well, you don't know what it's like, you know, so you can't really tell us what to do. So I think mm -hmm. it's hard. Because I'm trying to convince them, like, this is going to work eventually. Trust me. It just might get a little bit harder before it gets better.
1: So. Wow. Um, so I, I had a really interesting experience about a month ago. Um, I had a girl come up to me and she asked me what the group that I work for, which who I, I can't say who they are on the podcast, but... Like, you know, they are a cat they're a Catholic organization. <laughs> and um and like she asked me <laughs> what we were doing for like kids and adults who were handicapped. And I was like, nothing. Like not a thing. Like I can't think of one ministry that we're doing like for like people who either have a disability or or anything have like I was just wondering, like, just, I I would just be curious to get your thoughts on that. Uh,
2: I mean, it's, I actually, Luke, I think about that a lot. Like, I don't know what the church does for kids who aren't like, like, I always think about, actually, this is a good example, maybe. So when I first started working in this field, when I lived in Pittsburgh a million years ago. I worked with this little boy who was, I think he was four when I started working with him. He was one of my favorite kids of all time. And now I live in Denver and I'm still keep in touch with his mom. And he just received his confirmation and he got his first communion and he has like been able to be a participant in their Catholic community. They're Catholic, obviously. Um, But it's hard because it, I mean, if his mom had not pushed for that and had not been like, you know, she just wanted him to like receive every sacrament that her other kids were receiving, and he was a twin, so I think that that helped that his sister was going through it at the same time, so she kind of helped him. Mm-hmm. Um, but there isn't like a lot of I like I don't know if you're if you're not a mom that's like this is what I want for my kid. I don't know if that would be accessible to you if you don't like really push for it, you know. And I I'm not a mom, yeah. so I don't really know, but I I do feel like just knowing what I know about people that have special needs as parents yeah. and their faith life. Like, it seems like the sad part is, is that like your, their spirituality for their kid is kind of on the back burner because they just want to get like their kid to be able to like eat dinner without having sure. time, mm-hmm. you know? So it's not like they're like, let's go to church. Like it seems like that becomes kind of like, I feel like a lot of the families kind of stop going to church because their kid might not tolerate it or they are embarrassed or whatever. And it doesn't seem like there's a lot of, you know, uh, resources for those families. And I don't know that, like, I'm not, that's not a fact because I've never really looked into it, but just from my families, I'm not the families that I work with. I don't know that there's a lot offered to them or that, you know, those kids, like, I don't know how those kids get sacraments or how those kids really develop in their faith because they are, you know, sort of delayed and I don't know how that works. Well, I can,
0: I can tell you from a a parish perspective, a couple things that, that we're trying to do and and things that I've seen, um, you know, sometimes people on a diocesan level just don't have a clue, but people who are really doing ministry in the parish level. (laughs) So (laughs) Oh, how about that?
1: All right, douche. Fair enough.
0: Fair enough. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> in my parish, we actually started a ministry called Amazing Grace Adaptive Needs Ministry, and it runs the gamut for little kids to uh, adults with special needs, and it's great. It's it's um, the precursor to that was a, a woman whose son had special needs. He was in life team the same time I was at my parish, and uh, we were we were friends then. They were. Two kids with Down syndrome and, you know, a handful of other kids with just mixed delayed learning or whatever it was. And uh, they would come faithfully. So when I became the youth minister, this one woman, uh, the mother of this kid, he she became a core member. And she ran the core team for this boy and his friends. And they came to every single life night for ten or uh, six more years. Six wow. more years they were in their mid 20s they were all they all went to like um, the local community college would have some classes and and some like job stuff that they could do so they were able to work and have an income um, really cool to see that you know uh, and to see them grow as individuals and stuff um, they left Life Teen, and I started community groups I don't know if you've heard of that and uh, this they adapted the community groups for these kids so there's we have two groups where the content that I deliver is broken down by, you know, some a couple experts that that attend mass or that attend our church. So now they now that they're out of like the high school thing cuz now they're all in their mid 30s um and a couple of them are younger. There's a couple groups. Um they yeah, so it's really cool. So they're able to have, you know, stuff like that. I know that my pastor, we had a kid who was on the autism spectrum and he was terrified of the notion of being in public and receiving communion and all the strangers and all this stuff. So my pastor, when it came time, he worked with them, uh, became really familiar to the kids. So the kid wouldn't be afraid. And then the day of his Holy communion, father, Tom, in order to give him communion, cause he started to freak out, knelt down and got really low. And then the kid looked at him and thought it was, it was funny that a priest would do that. And then walked up to him and then he gave him the body of Christ. And from that time on, from what I, I've heard, the kid can receive the Eucharist normally now. Um, you know, just going up to any Eucharistic minister or whatever. But it's things like that. Like, you have to, sac- you have to find a way to say Because otherwise, you have things, uh, parents are so exhausted. And I think that's something that we don't appreciate on the, the administrative side. We don't see the, the fact that caregivers and parents are on, like, especially if they're poor and they can't afford help, like they are so much I mean they're just frayed and they're tired. And yeah. so we would have one family that would just drop their kid off with no help, no one shadowing, no one assisting and um he he was a disruption. He couldn't you didn't know what to do. So the one thing that you could do is give him coloring pages. And they were they were on the theme of what the class was on, but you know, you're in 8th grade and he's coloring while and while you're talking and you're hoping that he's getting some of it, but it was, it was kind of a disaster. So that was at a different church. Yeah.
2: That's cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause like, I wonder if there's. <laughs> Thank something...
1: you, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, cool. I really do. This feel... is what, this is what to deal with here I'm every like, week, I Sarah. That just
2: that, because I think about that a lot, like try to integrate like my faith with my work, you know, and mm-hmm. I think like it is so hard because I feel like so many parents, you know, are just at that, they're they're in survival mode, you know? And like, yeah. I know you know, Gomer, what it's like to be a dad with kids. And I'm sure you feel like you're in survival mode a lot of times. And I can't imagine what, I'm, like, I know parents that have one kid with special needs who is like, they just are like, they're, they don't even know how to get through the day, let alone like, yeah, let's try to integrate like faith into our life, yeah. you know? And I think like mm-hmm. a lot of kids maybe would. But it's just so hard because they, yeah, they're yeah. just trying to like keep their life. They're trying to find the most peace that they can in yeah. their day, and I just think that like taking a, a kid with special needs to church where they have to sit and not talk and do something that's like sort of boring mm-hmm. to them, yeah, is yeah. like a parent's worst nightmare, you know?
0: Yeah, we had um, we had uh, one kid when me and Shannon lived in our apartment complex when we first moved back to Sugarland at the different parish that we were at. Um, we, a family moved in maybe three weeks after we did. So I was, you know, you, no one talks to each other in apartment complexes apparently, but I, you see the same faces, you know? And, uh, yeah. one day this kid was sprinting through the complex, uh, without any clothes on beneath his waist <laughs> as and, you do as, as <laughs> yeah, but I do that in the apartment. Um, yeah. and you know, the yeah. mom is screaming now, not only not o- so they had two kids uh, this kid, the kid with special needs, I believe was maybe a year older than his brother, or maybe a year younger than his brother. They were fairly close in age. The other brother did not have any special needs, and you could tell that the parents are who are also fresh immigrants. I think from Vietnam or Korea, so they're they're totally new. Their English is terrible, but they were Catholic. And a after, a year after we moved out of that apartment, I saw the the brother at an Edge night. And I'm looking at him, and he comes up, and his mom comes up, and I said, hey, did you guys live in those apartments? They're like, yeah, we're still there. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, that's where I recognize you from. So my whole goal with that kid was, because you could tell the mom was, I mean, the mom showed up, like, bags under her eyes, like, she didn't sleep, like, all this exhaustion. She's alone dealing with him in an apartment complex, barely speaking English while the dad's working and they're I think they came to that area because they're trying to send him to like a a school that knows how to mainstream correctly you know and, and really work with kids. Yeah. Um, and so this lady was so exhausted. so I made sure that when that boy was in my edge program, he didn't have to worry about a thing. you know I, I connected him to a bunch of our like really awesome older high school students that were volunteers and just made sure he was taken care of because I knew that the moment he walked into his house. He was the second thought, right? I mean, his parents loved him, but their energy was devoted to just containing, let alone helping, you know, this his brother. And so I I always feel bad, you know, you you feel bad for the, the kid who's trying to make it in the world and he has all these, you know, things hindering him. And then you have the parents who are caregivers around the clock. But then you have the siblings who are, like, totally... Lost and forgotten, and so it's, you know, you want want to come around and help them, but I'm just going to say it. I'm going to use the words. I don't understand how people can survive without community. Without people, I mean, like, doing it over again, I wish I brought the, the family a meal once a week. You know, like, just doing something like that. If we have five people bringing that family or four people bringing the family a meal once a week or once every two weeks... You could probably bring so much peace into that house because then they wouldn't have to worry, you know. I don't know. I just think about stuff like that all the time now. And I was like, oh, if only I was a better person.
2: (laughs) I mean, every job I've ever worked in, there's always been a meeting where we come together and, like, you know, just our normal meetings, like about assessments and, you know, insurance companies and how are we getting paid or whatever always it's brought up like how are we going to better support our families you know and like how are the like Mm -hmm. could we like bring support groups together or whatever like that is always a thought of people in my field is just like how are these families like functioning when we're not there you know and I think that that's like so true is that that community piece is like such a big part of it and a lot of these families are so isolated because they do have kids like There's like a few families that I work with who have kids with Down syndrome and there's like a very prominent Down syndrome community where I live. But then there's like an autism community that's like, depending on where you live or who you're connected with, it's just really hard to get like tapped into that. And I think that that community piece is so big and like parents that have a good community like they are way different than parents that don't like that. You just can see it in how they respond to their kid, how they respond to you, just their mm-hmm. life, you know?
1: Yeah. That's really interesting. I have so many ideas right now going yeah. through my head. This is really good. If there's, um, cause I, I know I, uh, told you 20 minutes and we're already a- almost at a um, half hour, but so out of our uh, 8,000 listeners, um, i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> not not
0: counting the previous episode but the other episode yeah 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 yeah. Uh,
2: it's total. okay isn't
0: that crazy and so anyways um don't you dare minimalize it okay i hear
1: that in your voice Eight <laughs> thousand listeners that's it see this is what i have to deal with this is what I have to, every time i hang out with sarah this is what, what i have to deal with i just get I'm degraded and just torn apart I'm surprised she hasn't talked about my weird head yet. So anyways. um,
2: Don't don't worry. Don't worry. Actually, this is weird that you guys were asking me about this computer. I'm like, oh, I've only had it for three months, but I literally do have a, um, what are those, a thumbnail of your weird head on my desktop. It's like the one of four items that I found that I wanted to make sure I did not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad that we are friends. Um, i do i enjoy your life um <laughs> uh i'm glad you're alive um so but but, no, but anyways um on a serious note like i i know we do have a i do we do have a couple um of our listeners have kids who are um who are either autistic or have some type of a disability if there is really anyone out there who's like i am just like Hurting right now. This is really hard. I don't know where to turn. Like, what kind of advice could you um, give them, or what word of encouragement?
2: Oh man, I don't
0: know. Nope. Guess, Sorry, like... that's not a good answer. You have to heal <laughs> them. <laughs> heal them with your saving words. Uh, you, have uh, master's. you have a master. You <laughs> have a master. You are a master. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: know. I guess, like I for me as like on the other side of it, I don't have kids or have kids with special needs, which I feel like are two disadvantages of of my life or just being in this job that I can't totally understand what it's like. But I guess I do know, um, that there is a reason for everything. And I've gone through a lot of, I've gone through with a lot of families, kids that have been like almost like, I don't think this kid is ever gonna talk or this kid will never be potty trained or these, these things will never happen. Like, And the parents will say that to me and I might think it in my head. And then, you know, a year later, like those kids are talking and they're potty trained. And like, there's always hope, you know, like I just would never, I would say to parents, like even with the kids that have like the most severe um, impairments that their kid, it's, it's not a lost cause. Like they're always, development can always happen and we just never know when it's going to happen. I would also say like, I mean, for this job in particular, for me, like, I just, I can like, see God working so much in families who maybe don't even have a faith, you know, but just that like, they love their kids so much. And like, it's such a testament to me of God's love and how we just, like, there are these people that are very hard to love and these parents love their kids so much. And, like, I learn a lot about love from those kids and those parents. And I think, I feel like that's, like, another thing that just, like, those people that are just, like, having such a hard time, like, if, you know, if your kid never talks, who cares? Like, that's gonna be really hard, but there's still, like, such an amount of love that that kid can give you and that you can give them. And there are other things that that kid could be really great at that you just haven't discovered yet. You know, like there are so many kids that I work with that you think like, Oh, this kid, what are they even like, or what are they into? And then like six months down the road, it turns out they're like a genius at like putting playing cards in like a crazy order or something. I don't know. Just like, it seems like Mm -hmm. so many times we just like forget that like, it just sometimes takes that waiting period that, is maybe gonna suck and maybe we don't really see any growth, but then one day you're like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Like my kid is now doing all these things that they weren't doing before. And I think it's easy to get discouraged, but I try to, to tell my parents that it's it takes so much time. And mm-hmm. there are so many times where it happens like so quickly. It's like happening over time, but you don't notice it until it happens like overnight, you know?
0: Yeah. 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 It's, it took 10 years to be an overnight success.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Except for yeah. Um <laughs> No, but on um, a serious note, Sarah, I just want to say I've always, and I probably don't uh, tell you this enough, but like, I think that what you do and and, and I've honestly always like thought this is so great. Cause anytime that you tell, like you always have like a great story or anything that had happened over the past week. And, and I just think that, uh, like I'm just like really proud of you for all the stuff that you do because I think it's it's so yeah. important and it's an area that I think when we talk about all of our stupid church work that we're you know trying to do that's an it's an area that just gets ignored a lot I think or um, and so I just think that you're doing really really great great stuff so Good answer, thanks for Come on and talk about it uh, stupid yeah.
0: stupid church work I make the bulletin uh, <laughs> uh, I put Facebook posts in spanish senior (laughs) so
2: come on the bulletin like the church wouldn't operate without the bulletin well let me rephrase
0: that i just do my one page for the overall bulletin (laughs) that my assistant actually does
1: but still damn it oh my
2: gosh
1: so by having you back on the podcast can i now enter into food competitions again
2: yeah oh wait no look i Oh, I
1: recorded recorded
0: recorded yep it's official yep oh, i don't know what no. you're talking about but official. i know it's gonna Show. shame sarah so i'm about it gomer really. you
2: don't know what we're talking about let me just give you a, a quick recap luke we used to do these like food well we do them a food competition we're having a wing competition okay everyone we're like there's like six teams maybe everyone brings their wings and there's a judge to, to judge who has the best tasting wings okay Luke shows up with his wings. This one guy, I forget the guy's name, the judge, judges the wings.
1: They and, were really good wings. They were, okay. The, okay. the sauce okay. was phenomenal.
2: Yeah, okay. So the guy says, Luke wins, and the guy's like, oh, they were cooked perfectly. They were so moist. The sauce was great, whatever. He goes through all this list, and Luke is like, yep, I win. So then, like, an hour later, I'm chatting with Luke's at the time. Was Aaron your fiancé or girlfriend? I can't
1: remember. Uh, this is when I was... She was my girlfriend.
2: Maybe girlfriend, yeah. Yes. So I, we're just, like, talking, like, what would you guys do today? She's like, oh, we had such a busy day. We, like, did something in the morning, and then we went to Star Wars, and then we had to get back to the house so that Luke could get his wings delivered.
1: Uh, <laughs> so here's the thing. I, I made.
2: My mind made an announcement <laughs> to the whole group that Luke no longer <laughs> can win because Luke has naked wings delivered and then just like tossed them in a so straw.
1: here's the thing and oh well, Luke.
2: Luke has been like cooking their wings all day and Luke goes to. Freaking <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> It was
1: Thor too, not Star Wars. Get Don't it right. Second, Never. the sauce I made from scratch, and I ran out no, of time and didn't no. have a deep fryer, so I just ordered the wings, thinking it wouldn't be a big deal. And then all of a sudden, I just hear Sarah screaming, "Luke uh, did what? Yeah, he I did what?" And I was like, "Son of a bitch!" Aaron told her what happened. I was
2: pretty <laughs> mad. So then we had like we had two other like cooking competitions when Luke Luke lived here, and Andy told him that he had to just come and watch
1: he <laughs> No Andy wanted me to, to participate. You told me that I that I uh could not. And so then during the hot sauce one no, no, sorry, <laughs> it was no it was um th- it well, was Andy a salsa was one. I yeah. bribed the other two judges. Not bribed. I convinced <laughs> them to go against you which like I knew it was yours. So I, could, I got on to flip their vote so you would lose. <laughs>
2: you guys are you're an idiot. You, you then no, you cannot be back in the conference.
1: You said yes, you can it cannot be revoked. <laughs> oh
0: well, in her defense, she's high rate right now because she's in Denver. So <laughs> yeah, all, yeah. all of what she said today, including the stuff about helping kids on the spectrum, all of that is inadmissible.
2: Oh great. <laughs>
0: yep. <laughs> Turns out she just made it all up.
2: I made it all up. Yeah, it's all, it's all, it's all a lie.
0: Hey, can I ask you? Can I ask you a professional question, Sarah?
2: Yeah.
0: burgers How do I pronounce this without sounding like an asshole? Oh, I think
2: Aspergers.
0: Ass. A S S burger.
2: No, but it's not.
0: <laughs> I know it's not A S S, but that's how I pronounce it, and I'm like, this can't be You're right.
2: Like Aspergers, like A Z. Try to say it that way.
0: Now I heard a guy say he's gonna pronounce it burgers, like the G is like a J.
2: That's not how you say and it. And he
0: wants to do it that way because he refuses to call it burgers, and it just sounds like <laughs> ass burgers.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a dumb, but also it's, it's named after it's, a guy, right?
0: Isn't it named after a dude?
2: Oh, I don't know, but I do know that it is no longer a diagnosis. It's all just autism spectrum. Right? Okay. So, now you will not see someone newly diagnosed with Asperger's. It's all just autism and like you could have a mild case or a, a you know, severe, but it's there's no more like Asperger's diagnosis, diagnoses.
0: That all that stuff fascinates me. Yeah. All yeah, interesting.
2: Honestly, like that part of it to me is like the most annoying part like I could give a crap what your diagnosis is. Like if I can observe your behavior and figure out how to fix it, I can do it. But I just like, I hate labeling people, you know, like it just seems like the diagnoses part of it is like, I'm going to label you Asperger's so that you can get some government funding, but you're going to get the same help as if you got diagnosed with some other random thing, you know, Mm. like that. I just like, that is like the hardest part for me is that like people will be like, well, what's their diagnosis? And I'm like, well, I don't really care. All I know is I can like see that they're hitting their mom 10 times a day, five days a week. So how can I fix that? You know, like the diagnosis to me doesn't necessarily matter. It's the, like, what can I observe about what they're doing? You know?
1: Yeah. Wow. That's, that, re- that's,
0: that's intense. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Because I never, know, you, I never know how to deal with it because, you know, one of the things that really annoyed me, but now I see the logic in it, is the whole people-first language, you know? And yeah. we had a, a mother and her son who has autism. Uh, he was 17, I think, at the time, do a presentation. It was a diocesan event that I had to go to, and it was, like, one of, like, five different things that day that we were doing. And I said... So I, I asked some question where I used the phrase autistic son or autistic kid, and mm-hmm. she snapped at me, and she goes, I do not have an autistic kid. I have a kid who has autism. Do you understand me? And I was like, yes, people first. I'm sorry. And, yeah. and she's like, don't you dare limit my kid. And I was like, I wasn't, but it's a good differentiator in a crowd full of children. Yeah. Oh, crap. <laughs> like, I was just qualifying a statement. I wasn't qualifying his humanity. <laughs>
2: Uh, You weren't doing it on
0: purpose, yeah. Yeah, I think you're an asshole. I know, I know. But one of the things I've learned is quit trying to defend your intentions, just change your behavior.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I guess, like, the person-first thing for me, too, like, I've worked in this field long enough that, like, it's kind of ingrained in me, but I'm not really offended if someone says autistic. But it does make sense to me that I would never say, like, you know, um... I guess like you would never say like my wheelchair bound friend or something like that. You know, like you would say like my friend who's in a wheelchair or my friend who has autism or, you know, you would never say like, uh, it's like hard to think of examples that make sense. But I do, I think that it makes sense to say like, that's not who they are. It's something that they deal with, you know, but like, having autism definitely does define you in a way that it, it makes you a little bit different than maybe you would be if you didn't have autism, which is true. Mm -hmm. But to say like that person is autistic is just sort of an antiquated way to say it because it does make them, it seems like, you know, you're back in the fifties when we're putting people Mm -hmm. in mental institutions for like having schizophrenia or something like that. You know, it seems like it's just a little bit of a, you know, everyone likes to be politically correct. And that's what, I like I know that people that say someone is autistic, those people are not meaning to demean a human being at all. But now that we live in a society that everything is offensive, that becomes offensive, and so yeah,
0: yeah. you have to
2: be careful about that. But but I, it does make sense to me that I think like yeah, like someone who has autism, like I'm not going to say they're autistic because I know that that doesn't define who they are. That isn't who they are. It's a part of them, but they're way more than that, you know?
0: So it's like they are autistic versus they have autism. Like autism is a thing they have rather than a thing they are.
2: A thing they are, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, so that's what person-first language is. Is
0: Have you you ever heard of companies hiring um, people who have autism? (laughs) I almost said autistic people. People who have autism. Have you ever heard of that, like businesses hire them and research people hire them? Because – They see the world so uniquely that they can assess problems differently. Yeah. Have you heard of that?
2: I mean, I feel like there are things, well, I don't want to say higher, but there's like, there was a movie recently about a guy. I mean, mostly the things I've heard is like people that are, you know, like being used to count cards in like poker games or something like that. Right,
0: right. The idiot savant type.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. But I'm sure there are people that have hired... I mean, like, Temple Grandin is a perfect example of that. Have you heard of her? No. So she's a woman who has autism. She's in her 50s, I think. She's actually... You guys should watch the movie. It's actually pretty awesome and inspiring. Um, Sarah Blaisdell knows all about it. We watched it. but she. So she works at Colorado State University, and she is... Um, Very passionate about cows.
0: Yeah, (laughs) no, no, no. That's what I was going to bring up. I didn't know her name. Yeah, that's who it is.
2: The Humane Slaughtering of Cows. So she's, like, studied their behavior, and she has autism. And she's very cool. I've heard her speak a few times. This is what I love about her, is that a lot of parents I work with want to, like, give their kid kind of an excuse to have, like, to act the way that they do because they have autism or whatever. And she, like... There, she's I've heard her tell multiple stories where like kids will come up to her and they'll 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 be like kids with autism and they'll say like something to her and she'll be like, Well, why don't you look me in the eye? And their parents will say, like, well, because they have autism. And she's like, Well, that's no excuse. If you have autism, then you need to be better at looking people in the eye because you have autism. Like she's very like oh, wow. she's very like strict about like these are the things that you need to do to make sure that you don't stand out or that you can get better because it's harder for you to look people in the eye. That doesn't mean that you don't have to. That means you need to try harder. Like she's mm. really no, it's like there she is like non um, what's the word? Like she's not very sympathetic to kids that have right. autism. Like she just thinks they need to work harder to be better. You know?
0: Yeah. She's one of the, the famous story with her was, they couldn't understand. Like I can't remember one of the stories. Basically, it was like cows weren't going into the barn to be fed. They 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 were resisting going from the pasture, whatever. And um, so all these other people. This this one company hired a bunch of people to do this research, and no matter how they changed the fencing and the layout, nothing was happening. And so they hired her, and she walked around with the cows, like getting covered in mud and crap and. She just walked at cow eye level, and then she was like, well, here's your problem right here. They're terrified of these high walls and all this, and then it lowered the walls, and it's like, oh, that solved the problem 100%. Wow, okay. Yeah,
2: Mm. yeah. She's awesome. She's very cool, and she wears, what are those things called, you guys are probably very familiar with them in Texas, a bolo tie? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. She wears it all the time. (laughs) Pittsburgh and was wearing one like at the University of Pittsburgh. She's wearing like a cowboy shirt and a bolo tie. She's awesome.
0: Nice. That's holy. She's
2: herself. Yeah, she's great. And also I heard her man, I wish I could remember, but she's like met with all these like super smart people and like she met with this like chemist or something at one point and she told him like, "I think you're on the spectrum."
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. She's
2: very honest. I mean, she is yeah. on the spectrum she's brutally honest what's her name what's her name temple grandin
0: and what's her what's the name of the biography or or um documentary Uh,
2: i forget but the oh what i think the girl that plays her is claire danes is that the girl claire danes
1: yeah she's a girl
0: temple grandin movie
2: just google her yeah you'll find it temple grandin it's like called temple grandin or
0: something oh that is going to be our album art (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Claire Danes. That's Claire Danes. Claire Danes. Yeah. And there she is wearing her fancy Texas uh cowgirl yep. shirt with little cows pinned on her sleeve. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah, she's awesome. Okay so oh, hey, cool. just on you on YouTube and on IMDB. Yeah. A biopic of Temple grandin Wait. an autistic woman.
2: No, <laughs> I know. That's old. But you should watch the actual movie. There's an actual movie. Yeah, no, that's what it's
0: it's her name. That's what it's called. It came Uh, out it came out in 2010. Yep. uh, February 6, 2010, and it was uh, it's an HBO Films movie.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, it's good. You can watch it
0: on YouTube. Uh, the trailer. Oh
2: yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, Yeah. IMDb and the trailer and and uh, YouTube both say that in their descriptions. And Wikipedia. It has a, it has one
1: hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Oh, it does. Oh, yeah, but six reviews. Uh.
1: <laughs> well, what usually the they're like that?
0: fifty or a hundred or whatever. Know,
2: but a hundred out of, I mean, six out of six is not bad.
0: No, and ninety-five percent of audience people liked it. So that's it huge. is
2: good. I'm, yeah, it's good. You guys, if you're gonna trust anyone, just freaking trust me, okay?
1: Uh, <laughs> just freaking trust uh, me. <laughs>
2: You guys Ta-da. are like, how about people? Can we see their reviews?
0: I need data. I need metrics. That's how I, I do my ministry.
2: <laughs> I'm there with you. I take a lot of data.
0: Also, just to let you know, Fifty Shades Darker got a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh.
1: Huh. It's... I thought it was great. Uh, the... <laughs>
2: you watched it?
1: No. Oh.
2: <laughs> I never saw either, but... I do love that Taylor Swift song from the second one.
1: What I don't what song is it? What, what Taylor Swift song is, is it? Bad blood.
0: Nope.
1: Is it the one where, well, Gosh, what's the other song about her that that I really like? I'm drawing a blank. Well, anyway, no, it.
2: it's um the song that's like, hold on. Oh, I don't want to live forever. You guys heard this?
1: Nope. Nope. I'm not cool anymore, Sarah. I don't live um, out in what's Denver. My,
2: it's like. Oh, 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 oh,
1: oh, Nailed it. Oh. oh, that one. Oh, okay.
2: I'm sitting eyes wide open at something. Na, na. You know? You know?
1: Nope. Nope. <laughs> not a clue.
2: Okay, it's called I Don't Want to Live Forever. Look it up on Spotify. Mm.
1: Mm. We'll right, do.
0: It. We'll do. Yes. Good, I'm done.
2: Yeah, just do it.
0: Anywho, <laughs> this... this uh, <laughs> this took a Fifty Shades darker turn.
2: I know it did.
1: <laughs>
0: Guys,
2: it was so great talking to you. you
0: yeah,
1: know? it was, it was uh, all um, crap aside. I miss you, so it was <laughs> talk to you. we miss you. I
2: hey. know. We got you in July right at Kathleen's wedding.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm in it. So are you.
0: Oh, you are? Sweet. Yep. Uh, I'm not. Uh. Uh. Uh, well, <laughs> this is <Hey>. awkward. <laughs> uh-huh. ah. uh hey uh sarah my birthday's in eight days
2: maybe i should fly down there for a surprise birthday trip.
0: <laughs> i mean uh, if you're not dating f- <laughs> you totally should. but if yeah. you are not gonna come now that you know you're morally obliged to send me a present
2: present okay hey
1: yeah. um you should fly out to uh fly out to atlanta on friday we're gonna Luke, why a should live she... podcast because uh, we're going to be doing a live podcast with the people over at XLT on Friday night. Uh, so if this is this is this episode will go out on Fridays. So if you're hearing this on May, let's go with what uh, the you're 20th, right? You're too late.
0: <laughs> May 19th. Yeah, you're too late.
1: So, anyways, we're going to be with people over yeah. at um, XLT live podcast. Very excited about that. So that's that. Should be that. That should be a good time. See, see, see it's a thing, Sarah.
2: Are you going to be with Kelch then?
1: He is going to come. Yeah.
0: Mhm.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. Tell him yeah. I said hi.
0: I will. And the guys from the Crunch are going to be there. At least one of them. And Sarah from Catholic Drinky is
1: going to be there. Very excited. And more important, our buddy John. John. He actually probably uh, won't be there. But oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like... But we're going to stay at his place that night. And hey, that,
2: are you so you're just going there for this podcast, Luke?
1: Yep, they're gonna they're paying me and flying me down there. That's cool. Is that crazy? That's cool. and I'm, go, I'm going, I'm going for the talk, talk and digit. then the what was that,
0: Sarah?
2: I said, Luke, you are a big deal.
0: It's not what I meant.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Homer loved it.
1: I did, I do, I am. <laughs> no, it's good. I, I, I um. Ever since I moved, I haven't been torn down as much, so this is good. Yeah, people affirm him, he's a
0: director now. What okay, okay totally. gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I've said too much.
1: I'm starting to feel good about myself, yeah, right? It's weird.
2: All right, guys. Well, am I good? Do I need to do a closing statement or something? Yes,
1: but yes, your final no.
2: statement
0: to the jury.
2: <laughs> okay, I'm not guilty. <laughs>
1: I don't know about that.
2: Um, I'm worried about all these little snippets. You guys are gonna like edit to make me sound like a weirdo.
1: <laughs> My name's
0: Sarah, and I hate people first language. <laughs> not guilty. <laughs> <laughs> guilty. Guilty, 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 guilty. <laughs> um, well, all the only advice we can have to give you, Sarah, is read Soul of the Apostolate. Oh, you don't have time. Then contribute $10 a month to our Patreon campaign and you'll get our reflections on that great classic work of um, uh, Catholic spirituality. I'll
2: read my credit card number over the air.
1: (laughs) Excellent. Could you add your social too? And your address. I actually don't know what your address (laughs) is. I just know how to get there.
0: And I believe you spell your last name N-I-P-P? Okay. N I P yep. P
1: I E or N I P B Y, I believe, are both acceptable.
2: Come on. Nibby. Oh, God.
0: Well, this 20 minute podcast has, an interview in the middle of a podcast has become the podcast. We are yep. now rounding one hour and one minute.
2: I know. This is too long. I got to go to bed.
0: False. All right. All right. Take care. All right. Love you guys. Good night, buddy. Good I, night. Love, I love you too.
2: Love you. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> hey, kiss, kiss. Lives. I said hi and love them.
0: Yeah. And Shannon says hi.
2: Okay, good. Hey, girl. Okay, Karen's bye. like, Meh. <laughs> oh, Please.
0: Kiss, kiss.
2: Kiss,
0: kiss. Bye. Bye. That's slash CF. That was fun. That was fun. That was a lot That's better like, than I thought. You, thought you were like excited about it no I no, no. meaning I mean like it was awesome that it was an hour and not just 20 minutes
1: oh good 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 yeah, yeah. no no. I, I, I knew that um, I've always wanted to like talk with her more in depth about that stuff and we have but it, we're always drinking <laughs> whenever it did happen <laughs> so I'm like, I don't remember hey. um,
0: okay well this sounds great I'm gonna hang up now so I can go to bed psh, screw that man I know man hey you know what I have tomorrow theology on tap you know what that means my work is paying for my alcohol that's awesome have fun man all right god bless bro you too he already right. has with friends like you
1: do you want me to upload this stuff or
0: nope call recorder good.
1: all right I'm I, le- got it. I, I don't know
0: if you know this but on friday i'm leaving on a jet plane so i have to have this edited by tomorrow
1: <laughs> good point all right bye Bye.